BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. to the 108th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Someone's and I am the host of this lovely podcast. Joining with me, as always, is my good friend, soon-to-be birthday boy, a day after we're recording this. It's Floyd Johnson Jr., everybody. How you doing, my man? I am doing great. I am excited to be turning 40. I know that's not a lot of how a lot of people feel, but for me, I am I love being old. I'm only about 20 years away from being able to say exactly what I want without anybody being able to say anything back. <laughs> uh that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh yeah, cuz you know, it's always been one of my advantages of being old, I just remember you had your uncles and your grandpas, and they would just say the most wrong, offensive stuff, and no one would say anything to them. It was like no one would call them on it, and it's because they're old, and when you're old, you can do that. So, yes, looking forward to 40. I'm excited about tomorrow. I don't even know what I'm doing. But I'm looking forward to it anyway. Uh, but my weekend's pretty full. Uh, tomorrow, Florida State women's softball team. I'm not a big women's softball fan, but I f- 
you know, I support Florida State and everything. They play game three of the national the game three and the deciding game of the national championship tomorrow at two. Uh pick up my wife. I know Friday we're going to see our early showing a hitman's wife's bodyguard. And then Saturday we're going to see uh In the Heights. Ooh, yeah, yes. nice. So we're gonna we gotta we got movies weekends and if anyone knows I'm a big movie person. You think I know you think I can talk a lot about wrestling? If you wanna just talk about movies, as long as it's not in the horror genre, let's go. I pretty much watch everything as long as it's not a horror movie. And so I definitely gonna do that and just gonna have a good time. Just gonna See what 40 brings me. Uh, I, you know, very thankful to have made it this long and collected the friends and the family that I have, including you, Mr. Austin, and your sister, Sydney. Yes. Yeah, y'all are my some of my favorite people. I usually don't like young people, but y'all are dope. And uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you shout out Florida State uh, softball. Uh, Central Michigan's uh, baseball team actually was just recently knocked out of the NCAA tournament by uh, Notre Dame. However, they performed unbelievably well this season. Making it to the tournament is no easy task for sure, especially for a, for a MAC conference school like Central Michigan. So shout-outs goes to them. Um, and, yeah, I I just watched uh, Bo Burnham's Inside. I don't know if you've gotten the chance to watch that. No. My God, man. Well, first off, Bo Burnham is still unbelievably talented and funny as hell. And the fact that he filmed and did all that by himself with all the lighting effects and everything. God knows this man has so much talent, but it's a fucking downer the sooner you get towards the end of the special. But it's I think it's a necessary watch. For what's people, it? Especially what's it on? It's on Netflix. It's his net, third Netflix special after being away for five years from doing stand-up or any kind of performing like that. He'd done stuff like the 8th grade movie, which is great. Definitely watch that. Um, but other than that, he hadn't done any live performances um, until this point. And he was going to go on tour in 2020, and then COVID happened. So you're going to get a lot of – like if you felt – uh, certain kind of feelings during the pandemic and during quarantine, this special is going to ring really true to you. So I def- definitely support this. I know this, the album comes out on Spotify too with all the songs, and I'm going to grab it off there because there's a lot of good songs on that thing. Um, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot. But I, I massively enjoyed that. Uh, that gotta- I was going to say, that's his way to not sell a comedy thing. It's like you're going to be really sad at the end of it. Well, yeah, well... It's funny, but it's not. I would not classify it as a comedy. I would more so classify it as one man uh, slowly, like trying to use his work and his art to distract him from the fact that the world fucking sucked. Uh, so that's it's 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 a long hour and a half distraction. I feel like, and I mean, like most entertainment is, but regardless. It's yeah, a, it's a it's a good watch. So in 2018, there was this quote unquote comedy special called Hannah Gatsby. Uh, I think it was Nanette, and somebody was like, "Man, you should really watch this. You need to see this." So I watched it, and I was like halfway through, just so uncomfortable. I finished it because I start something, I finish it, and I replied to them. You have just lost all recommendation points for the rest of your life because that was like the worst hour of my life. Because, you know, if you ever watch it, everything she says is valid. 
but it is definitely not a comedy special. It's basically a one-hour lesson on why men suck. And that's how I took it. Somebody else might take it a different way. But I was like, I'm not going to. I was like, I was like, I don't think this was for me because somebody asked me that I like it. I was like, I can't say I didn't like it. I just don't think it was. I was the target audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So no, I I definitely um I'm definitely going to check it out because you know great thing about working overnights you get a lot of free time in between the work so uh, I'm definitely going to check it out but if it's terrible I'm coming after no I'm just playing I'm not coming after you <laughs> because you know what you did you know what you did that wasn't done for me before you warned me so I can't come back to you and say man that got really sad saying you're taking a half. You literally, you told me, you told me, man, the person was like, man, it was great. You should watch it. It was funny. And I, I was like, I watched that thing and I was like, oh, like first 15 minutes. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> and I was like, second 15 minutes. I'm like, yep, this is what I thought it was going to be. Hour into it. Don't oversell something. Sell it properly. Make sure. I like, that's why I'm trying to be a broadcaster. I sell exactly what the match is going to be and why you should watch, but not like overhype yeah. it to the point where it doesn't live up. I don't know and, how to sell this. I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, and I've never mentioned this on the show. And believe me, this is actually going to be a kind of short show. So if we're not jumping right into wrestling, that's why. Um, uh, Big Lebowski. Oh, dude! I'm, I'm sure people were like, "It is, gotta, like, it's the, the greatest movie ever." That's exact words. The greatest movie ever, told by multiple people. I watched that movie, and I was like, "I mean, it was a movie," and I, I swear to you, even to this day, I will say, I would have probably liked that movie way more. If it had not been sold to me that it's the greatest movie ever. It's always the case, dude. Some people just like hype something to the moon and back. Instead of just being like, you should watch this. And then leave it at that, honestly. Because I like The Big Lebowski. Some of my favorite lines in cinema are in that. Like, I still love, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. And the especially the censored version. Uh... You ever find a stranger in the Alps? Like, the, the fucking censored version is honestly the funniest shit in the world compared to the actual uncensored version. It's so... It's so funny. All I, I was gonna say, all I did was just... I always say overrated. I'm like, it's funny, but to me, like, if I was lining that up... And, and, and this is exact example. One night when I was in high school, I turned it on IFC. It had just started, right? IFC had just became a thing. And... I saw this fat guy, uh, I mean, saw this guy, he wasn't fat, behind the counter, and it was like, I'm not even supposed to be here today. And I sat there and I watched that movie, and it became one of my favorite movies of all time. I had not watched the preview, no one had told me that movie was good. I didn't know that movie had won awards or whatever. It was just late at night, and I was just like, I wasn't sleepy, let me watch that movie. That movie turned out to be Clerks. And right. it's one of my favorite movies. And Kevin Smith, to this day, is one of my favorite directors. But I learned when I told people, when I watched it, when they say, what did you... I oversold Clerks to a lot of people. Yes. I, I, I did. The Rocky franchise. Yeah. I, I, I go on record saying I think the Rocky franchise is better than the Star Wars franchise. I mean... And, I, and people get so mad at me when I say that. But it's like, that's how I felt. It, it's so funny because when you say better, people automatically think you're saying one sucks. 
No, I enjoy the Star Wars franchise, but I love the Rocky franchise. You know what I mean? That's how yeah. I, that's how I feel about Fast and the Furious. I, I mean, it is just action comedy, like basically a superhero franchise, and it's my favorite movie franchise. Like my favorite movie franchise. Like literally in the whole history of the uh, movie, I think two people have died on the good side. Like mm-hmm. and stayed dead, <laughs> you know. So it's just like I love, I love Fast and the Furious, and it's I like say, man, I, I always say like with the Rocky franchise, like Rocky has one bad movie, Star Wars has three, and I'll let you guess which ones I'm talking about. But I, I, the I, right there, the math my, adds up. Rocky's big, better than Star big, Wars. I always will say I enjoy the prequels more than anybody else. Well, yeah, more than anybody else. Because I had no expectations for the prequels, because I didn't grow up a Star Wars fanboy. Same. Yeah, I, I didn't grow up, so I just watch them, and I'm like, okay, stuff happens that led to the other movies. Great. I mean, nothing to me, nothing's wrong with them. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, the new sequels that came out, the new trilogy, and I'm like, I had no expectations. So I just watched it, and I enjoyed it. The problem is, and I, I do this in wrestling all the time. All the time. It is my primary problem with wrestling. I will see a thread going one way. In my mind, that's the way it should go. Oh my God, I can't wait for it to go that way. And then they don't go that way. And it's like, I hate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like <laughs> someone set up a table. No one went through it. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like, I pretty much the only person I and I, I've done this before I've gotten to the point where the only person I needed to that was a problem was me because they never said this was going to happen it was one of the many strings that you can pull I pulled on this one string decided it was going that way started looking for it in that way and then it didn't and then it's just like the best way to experience something is to not think about it I am yep. so mad on the Fast and the Furious 9. And this is being on a preview, so this is not a spoiler. But I will still do a five-second countdown before I say it. You can skip ahead a minute, because I'll stop. Five, four, three, two, one. Han is back. And it's just like, I really wish they would have saved that for the movie. Yeah, something like that doesn't need to be like given away. Like, Imagine the reaction in the audience if they had no idea. Exactly. I was so angry because, you know, I usually do my best. Like, I will, like, I will cover my ears and close my eyes in the a movie theater or just, like, leave until the preview's over to avoid previews of movies I know I'm going to see. Well, this one, I just kind of walked in the room and fucking Han was on the screen. And I was like, my head hung low. Because it wasn't that I wasn't excited. Han, honestly, in the Fast and the Furious series, even with The Rock being in the series, my favorite character was Han, played by Sun Kang. He is my favorite character in the series. I love Tokyo Drift and all the movies he was included in. Because I like those characters that kind of play the conscience of the series. So I am happy as hell he's back. But good lord, I would have loved to experience that in the movie theater. When it yeah, and I, th- I think we can tie this into something that'll happen that we'll talk about later in the show with Dynamite when it comes to like spoiling something. Yeah, I think we could get into that a little bit later in the show. But <laughs> let's go. With this, 
with this little intro out of the way, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in right now. We got a lot to talk about with Dynamite and also the preview for next week's Dynamite. Uh, but first, we got to get sure, make sure that you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It really means the world. You can also leave a rating and a review that helps our podcast get around and gives us notoriety. really means a lot. And... If you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. That would be incredibly generous. And the easiest way to support us in any way other than listening to the show is by following us on social media. On Twitter, we are at AT Elite Pod. At Social Suplex is the podcasting network that helps make this show possible and all a bunch of other podcasts possible. Be sure to check out all their other shows on their network. I, myself, am Zoomer 4 on Twitter. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week, which will tie in a little bit of what Floyd was talking about with Fast and Furious, with getting that spoiled for him, is the news that we had the arrival on Dynamite of one Andrade on AEW. Andrade is all elite. If I, I if I added sounds to the show, I would have added crickets right there. So here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Andrade being Andrade being an AEW is a huge deal, and of course, uh, uh, dude, a- how many weeks have I been calling Andrade in he a? Going to show up to promote the AAA match. Yeah, he's gonna be. I thought he was gonna be the Joker. That was my call for the Joker. It's, it's honestly, most sense. Honestly, as much as I love Leo Rush, now that he has made it in, uh, Andrade's Andrade's in AEW, it. Really doesn't make sense. He wasn't the Joker. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and sucks for, about his injury, which we'll talk about, about after later. The show. Yeah, um, really sucks. And hopefully, uh, situation heals up as as best as possible. Um, but yeah, it really doesn't make a lot of sense as to why they didn't put jo- the Joker as with a that, because with it, that crowd, it, it, the whole line, it it all made sense. With that hot crowd, with those excited people, Andrade walking out that door. Imagine the pop. Yes, and and here's the deal too is that like I love Vicky Guerrero, but we all know Vicky when she's in her persona when she's in character, her voice is incredibly shrill. So when she made the announcement and legit said Andrade, I can't remember his full, uh, his full moniker actually. Um, but regardless, Andrade El Idio Idio. Idolo, 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 idol. It means idolo. Yeah, idolo. Yes. So when she said that, she said it with her shrill voice, like she does when she's in her character. But like a lot of I, I like to believe the reason why he got crickets at the beginning is because people literally didn't understand what Vicky said. If they that that is a situation where they kind of pulled what Floyd was talking about, where they kind of. They spoiled the surprise a little too soon by having her announce it. She could have just been like, I have a new signee, and then just pointed to the video screen, Andrade's name appears, and that would have been a decent pop, I felt like, or at least a really good pop. Because when they he showed up, and he walked out, and the crowd noticed, oh shit, it's Andrade, then the crowd popped a little bit for him. But... Yeah, they. I literally don't think they could have. They heard what Vicky said because I heard. I heard slightly Andrade, and then he. She said the her the last name moniker, which I didn't know, and I was like, "Wait, what?" So, and that was another thing. I, I and this is me. You know, if anybody says I am not critical of AEW when I need to be, you don't listen to this show because I will say this: 
video package. They could have shot like a video package with him, you know, like taking, you know, taking off his mask, almost like, you know, to to build up the type of star that he is, you know, former NXT champion, all that kind of stuff, you know, and then had the video package of him walking and then had him walking out so people would know who they were reacting to. Yeah. It, it, either way, if they would have just filmed, yeah. if it was just filming um, but it, him and then that built it up, or if it was just like the same way with Christian, where as soon as his name popped up, then people went fucking nuts, it would have worked so much. It, it, I feel like he would have gotten a better response than he did. Yeah. I don't think people aren't excited to see Andrade in AEW. Because, yeah. again, we have the AAA match with Kenny Omega, and people when that was announced, people were fucking hyped about it. But we just, I don't think, and it's nothing against Vicky. Yeah. She did exactly what we know Vicky does. We just literally couldn't hear what she said at one point. Oh, yeah, and uh, a little, like, maybe a teaser that a big star was being, nom- you know, bringing out today, something like that. Uh, my big thing is, I know Vince doesn't watch the show. I know he doesn't. I know he could probably care less about what's going on in AEW. But if he happened to be watching the show and that reaction when Andrade came out, he screamed out, I told you so. Because, <laughs> like, man, he's not a star. Look, I told you. <laughs> Vince Vince will grab onto anything like that. <laughs> any, any, little, any little threat he can grab onto. I, I was just saying, I mean, I saw, some, I saw some people on Twitter like, I told you he wasn't that big a star. And I'm like, I mean, if you're going based on that reaction, even me, like, watching it, I was taken aback by the lack of reaction. Like, aback. <laughs> like, I know the, the crowd wasn't great all night. I will tell you the crowd oh, sucks. Really if you listening into the show and you were in the crowd, do better. Okay? This is- <laughs> yes, I need y'all to do better. There is a standard for an AEW crowd, you did not meet that standard. Below expectations. If if this was a, a report, a yearly report at work, you got uh, below expectations. I was very upset because I feel like the dynamite before and double or nothing, I, feel, I was in the crowd. I'm not just saying, like, it was all me. No, never would say that. But the people there set a standard. For crap people being in the crowd. And I think you have a standard to set up to. And July, June 26th, that's the next live show. That's the next in crowd. I am challenging you. I am challenging anybody listening to bring it. Because, yeah, you when you went from... It, and it sucked for this Dynamite because it was following Double or Nothing. And they probably could have been like, 25% louder and I still would be like you weren't loud enough because Double or Nothing was so loud and it was so carried by the crowd I just like I mean dude you buy a ticket buy a ticket you were part of the show come on yeah exactly and especially because we know especially how much a, a hype crowd adds to a show like we saw that with Double or Nothing. Yeah, a lot of people would say that. A lot of people would say that they felt like Double or Nothing was an uh, was a good show, but was carried by the crowd. <laughs> I disagree with that theory, but I cannot deny that the crowd made that show so much better. Yeah, I always say every every show, and I, and I, I can't help it. It's just who I am. 
each match gets like a point when I'm live there. It's just a different excitement. It's just a different energy. It's like I have to come home and just watch it as a person at home to get a like a real rating. And it was like every match was like awesome to me at uh, Double or Nothing. And then I got home and I watched it. And I was like, yeah, it was a really good show. It wasn't a great show. It was a really good show. But the crowd was like, if a crowd got a star rating, it was six stars. The crowd carried every moment of that show. And it's just like, then you get to, uh, you, and it, it just seemed like AEW was the hottest product in the world. Uh, I think they reported over 120,000 buys on the pay-per-view. So that was incredible. And it was just like, right then, AEW seemed like the hottest product on the planet. And then you watched Dynamite. And it was like, I, I, I mean, are there fans there? Or are they still doing this in front of... It, it seemed like the people, when they had the wrestlers out there, were louder than this whole crowd were. was. Yeah, it seemed like it. But regardless, uh, after getting that uh, little uh, intro to the show out of the way, we can now get into our AEW Dynamite review for June 4th, 2021. We opened up the show... Right out the gate with the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, taking on Death Triangles, Pac, and Penta El Zero Miedo. They uh, made sure to let everyone know that, uh, bef- like, on All Things Elite, uh, I mean, on, not on All Things Elite, sorry, that's our show. On Being the Elite, uh, uh, other member of Death Triangle, Phoenix, was attacked by... The by uh, the elites and was filmed by Brandon Cutler. They made sure to mention that they didn't show the footage because they were like, "We're not going to show that. That's not fair." I like it's like you keep that on your show. I was like, I you should you should have shown it honestly to give to give the context. It like video footage like that does help bring context, even if it's a YouTube show. Like if that's going to be used by the commentators to call that that footage should be used, regardless. Uh, Frankie Kazarian made sure to attack Mac- Michael Nakazawa, who was in the crowd getting like the Young Bucks gave him some of their gear and was like, oh shit. And then Frankie Kazarian came out and attacked Nakazawa and then got the Good Brothers basically to chase after him to kind of even the odds in this match. This match was hot out the gate. Having the Young Bucks open up Dynamite is a surefire hit. And of course, Death Triangle is always fun to watch. And they were incredibly great. This is the first time we got to see Pac and Penta team together from Death Triangle. It's normally just Pac and Phoenix. But this was a really, really strong match. The beautiful uh, interference by Brandon Cutler with the camera uh, was great. And that was allowing uh, the Young Bucks to get the win on Death Triangle. But man... The, the spot where Penta gets his mask take, taken off has a second mask underneath it, knocks down uh, Nick Jackson, and then uh, Pat goes in for the, for the Black Arrow. That was a, was a very, very close chance of that possibly being the end of the match. So I really loved that, how that was put together. But the, the heel way the Young Bucks won the match was great. And then Eddie Kingston came out to, to save... Penta and Pac, his well, Penta, his former friend, and Pac, who he's had issues with in the past, he still comes out to save them, and it was it was great to see uh, him show up because if anyone was able to get a pop from this crowd, it was still Eddie Kingston. Uh, but I think this was a really really good opening match, though. Don't hate me, 
but I really don't like the heel working of the Young Bucks. And I don't like it. And oh man, it makes me on a boom. It's like I don't like it because it takes everything they do is awesome, right? And it's yeah. just like I feel like you can still do the awesome stuff and be heel because you're still going to get cheered because you're the Young Bucks. So I just think changing your working style so drastically, you know, it's like, man, we're getting a Young Bucks versus Pac in Penta match. This is going to be like the coolest match ever. And of course, they did the springboard uh, destroyers and all that stuff, and it was great. But then it was just like outside interference. It's like, okay, the Young Bucks should just be able to beat these two. You know what I mean? Even if they have to poke in the eye or something. The the whole idea of Brandon Cutler and, you know, I don't really want to cheat guy, but I'm going to cheat guy because I need a job. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I maybe see, I actually, I like see that, and, and, they, and that's why I want. That's why you're here, sir. Right? So we can disagree sometimes. It's just like Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world, and it's just they like are, yes. it, it's just are just be the best tag team in the world. You know what I mean? And I, I guess they are heels, and they're gonna do it for heat, but they're not really getting heat because they're the Young Bucks. It's like okay. I will tell the people, you like Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, and I, I wouldn't have put them in here before, but I can put them in here now. The Young Bucks, God Mode. That means whatever that they do to you, you kind of deserve. And there's really no, the most hill thing about the Young Bucks are at Gallows and Anderson and um, Callus. Because. Yeah, the hill. I mean, the young bucks do what they take. You know what I mean? That's their thing, and it's just like I don't think they come off observably hill. Maybe annoying, and it's just like I don't know. It takes kind of the magic away from them. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I would say I would say at least with with the way that they're portraying themselves as heels is that they're using that moniker of best tag team ever as like a crutch and yeah. then they go out there and do stupid shit like Matt going out there and fucking air humping the air during double or nothing. Like that's a championship match and he's doing that. Um, when they would do the, I'm sorry, I love you spot. Like they're, they're obviously capable of doing incredible shit and they still do great stuff in the mat in the matches and such. But I feel like them, I think it's even more annoying though, to be like, relying and having like not even like necessarily relying but having your boys help you win matches even though you don't need them to and then still being like we're the best tag team in the world okay i think i think that as uh as like as a pairing between that for their characters i think makes it easier to boo them and it's again it's the same thing with kenny omega we know literally no one can touch him in ring he's one of the best but he still has don Callis coming out to pull orange cassidy out of the ring so he doesn't win the match like kenny omega should win that match regardless of the the situation but he still has don Callis to come interrupt the match which got one of the biggest heel spot heel reactions of the night for double or nothing it's having it's knowing these guys are good and being it's like it's literally like if if it's just it makes so much sense because you know these guys are good but they're resting on their morals and still calling themselves the best in the world 
It's like when it's like it's when Jericho was I'm the best at the world at what I do, and then he would just cheat to win. Like it's 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 that that pairing is so simple to be like, no, but you're being a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, you 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 make perfect sense. You do make perfect sense. It was just it was just like man, this is my reaction. I'm watching it and I'm just like. Oh my God! You know how much I love tag team wrestling. I'm a you know you know tag team wrestling mark, and uh, completely just like they're not they're good. I do want to share uh, share a statement by our friend and and a loved one Tiffany. She actually made a post today, and you know right. you know Tiffany is super super Cody right, and she and she's super Cody. So this I feel like. This carries even more weight because of how big of a Cody fan uh, she is. She says, it's no secret that Kenny Omega isn't my personal favorite wrestler. However, the narrative that he's not putting on the same level of quality matches in AEW that he did in New Japan is absurd. My guess this comes from people who wish he was still wrestling in Japan slash don't like AEW. And I was just like, she, uh, she kind of sent it to me before she sent it out. And I was like, I I, I felt him. I, I I mean, I felt her because I completely uh, agree. Like Kenny Omega is not my favorite wrestler. I I probably not in my top five. But I always make the point is if you ask me who the best entering wrestler in the world is, it won't take me one second to say Kenny Omega. It, it, it is natural, not because anybody else says it. It's just I've never watched a Kenny Omega match and not enjoyed it. Like, it, it, like I could I, not know the storyline. Yeah, I could, well, I could. I could. I could also say um, it's 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 three things. I would think they would they want him to still be wrestling for New Japan or just in Japan. They don't like AEW. Or because they see him almost every week on Dynamite, it, the luster is kind of gone. Because most people who, when they watch, well, well, most fans who call, I don't want to make a generalization, but I think a lot of fans, when they watch New Japan, they'll watch the big pay-per-views that Kenny's wrestling at, and then just see him be unstoppable pay-per-view wrestling god. And then just, that's that's what they see of him. Because yeah. like New Japan's a lot more different with how they put on shows compared to American promotions who promote weekly television. But so. And that's I think that's the only difference. You see him more, so you appreciate him less. He's yes. still awesome, but you He's see him more. Yeah, it's like uh, there's this restaurant two blocks down called The Ranch in Oklahoma City. I mean, like a meal costs like $100 a person, right? But I had it because my work paid for it. It was like the best steak I ever had in my life, right? So good, right? And it was just like, man, this is a great steak. But if I had that steak every month, it would just end up being a steak at some point. It's the fact that I only can have it once or twice a year is what makes it great for me more than, you know, it just being a really good steak. And that's what it is. Kenny Omega is a f the best coach filet mignon ever. And you used to get to see him perform in singles matches 10 times a year, maybe. And now he's wrestling all the time. It's still just as good. It's just you appreciate it less because you get it more. You get it on TNT. You don't have to stay up at 2 o'clock in the morning and watch it. Otherwise, you'll be spoiled at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's just... 
that's what it is. It, it, I, I truly believe that's what it is. Kenny Omega is still amazing. I was listening to this show, uh, Voice of Wrestling. They were doing their live show, and I love it. And they was like, Shingo may be the best wrestler in the world. And I'm like, I love Shingo, right? Dude, love Shingo. But Shingo's like worth like four singles matches this year. I'm like, how do you say he's the? How did did Kenny fall because you see him more? <laughs> I'm like, cause like uh, like a year ago it was unquestionably Kenny Omega, but is it now unquestionably somebody else because you see him less? I don't. I like I said, I don't get it. There's gonna be a new hotness regardless of like how long someone's been around. There's always gonna be a new hotness with like who people think is the best because like as as time goes on and some and some wrestlers stick around longer, the luster of being like they're the best goes away a little bit. Like yeah. it just does. Like remember I, remember when literally no one could touch Ronda Rousey when it came to women's MMA. Yeah. And now yeah. like. Her name's barely even mentioned in that conversation. Yeah, it's definitely. It's uh, I I completely agree. It's just one of those things. It's like, did he get worse? You know what no, I mean? Not, to me, I, yeah. I genuinely think time just like yeah. weighs on people's. Uh, yeah, he's just that. been consistently so good so long. You stop appreciating him, but you know what? I don't know how many years you got a Kenny Omega left. I say appreciate them all. Like I said, when he's in that ring. He is phenomenal. I'm not a big fan of like his promos or you know things outside of the ring. Never have been, and it just doesn't hit with me. I like the over the top feel, which is Cody. Uh, but in that ring, whoo wee! I'll say, I will tell you, I'll tell you, someone's as good as Kenny Omega. I will. I will never tell you anyone's better than Kenny Omega, especially right now. I think he's in his Kobe Bryant, you know, LeBron James in that, you know, they had those four or five years where they were clearly number one. I think Kenny Omega's in that time right now. All right. Well, speaking of your boy Cody, we had the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes and Big Shoddy Lee Johnson teaming up to face off against factory members QT Marshall and Anthony Agogo in tag team action this is an all right uh tag match i think the match it fully built up to when cody was looking to hit qt with the with the crossroads but then aaron solo distracts the referee and then a gogo just comes straight across and beans cody right across the jaw knocks him straight out qt then quickly goes for the pin after Agogo threw that punch, yeah. he gets the win for the factory. Uh, Agogo kind of mixed his mark because he forgot to get out the ring after he punched him. He stood over yeah. him, and then the referee counted there. I'm like, why would you count the three? <laughs> like, yeah. the guy standing here. Like, why are you standing here? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. It was, I mean, obviously. I, I, I'm sure he did it so that way it made it seem a lot more, like, menacing when he did yeah. it. He just stare, knock, stares him while he's on the ground, and he's just fucking, like, I knocked your bitch ass out. Uh, but, like, traditional pro wrestling says, get your ass out the ring. Yeah, get your ass out the ring. <laughs> yeah. You're to be like, what'd you do? Yes, no, but it, it, it was like, I, I got I got what they were going for. It worked. But, you know, so after he got punched, Cody rolled QT up and won, right? Because Cody's the booker, so he never loses. He's an EVP. He only puts himself over. So he won the match, correct? 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Uh, QT Marshall? No, Cody beat QT, right? He already beat. Yeah, he already has no, beaten. No, I'm talking about just now. Like, like after uh, Go Go punched Cody, Cody rolled QT up and won. Correct? Because Cody Absolutely never, no, Cody no, never no. loses. You know that's no. that. I mean, if you look at Twitter, <laughs> if you look at Twitter, <laughs> if you look at Twitter, this man Cody's shoulders never touch the mat. So I can't believe. Never loses on K&K. He never loses. So this was his first loss in AEW history, correct? Never happened. What are you talking about? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch this show. He only loses to. Watch it. Didn't happen. He only lost the. Uh, he only loses the other stars, right? So it must have been Mox that pinned no more. Kenny Omega or Hangman. No, it was QT Effin Marshall. Again, you know, I'm not gonna go off on a tangent again. I'm just gonna say, y'all can take your narratives, follow them up. Really, really tight. Roll them up really tight and shove them up at your ass. There you go. <laughs> um, but yes, this is uh, this is great. Moving this story forward, I personally, I actually don't like this rivalry. I think this rivalry is beneath Cody. That I will say that right now. This is not big match, Cody. This is not. But. Everybody needs something to get them to the next thing. So this seems like the something, maybe his summer rivalry to get him ready for uh, all out eventually, all out eventually or whatever. And maybe he'll get something hotter. But again, this is a mid card, lower card storyline. Just throwing that out there for everybody to like, this is just a Cody Rhodes vanity project. This is a mid card storyline project. It's like, Nightmare Family is not even truly defined as who is in it. I think you got Cody, you got Dustin, you got Big Shotty. I think you got all of the gun clubs, so that's six people. Arn is the manager. It's just like you really don't have a defined four like in the factory. They have their defined four. The star of the group is Anthony Agogo, right? The, the hoss is Nick Camarado, you, who you'll we'll talk about later. Uh, the manager, the leader, the manager, QT. The pin eater is uh, Aaron Solo. That's They all have their role, right? I think, personally, and tell me if you agree with me or not, I love when you disagree with me if you do, I think they need more defined roles in the Nightmare family. I, do, I genuinely don't, because honestly, I feel like the only defined roles are Cody, Dustin, Arn, 
and uh, I guess I would I would throw in uh, Lee Johnson as well. I would. Yeah, think. I'm like he should at least come out with the jacket. You know what I mean? It yeah. just seems like it's they seem the like club's basically its own thing, but is also mm-hmm. technically part of the nightmare. Yeah, family. it seems disjointed. I just think they need to kind of define who their team is. Maybe this is what that uh, if you anyone watches Sammy blog, they're doing like a friend Olympics where the winner is going to get, you know, a nightmare family jacket. I truly think the winner is going to be uh, Fuego in the end. I think it's going to be Fuego. And then maybe they'd be building up a four where it'll be Cody, Dustin, Big Shotty and Fuego against the other four. And that way, you know, Cody's team has their pin eater and, you know, Fuego will take the pin anytime or whoever they do. I, I Please don't don't be like stamping Floyd said Fuego's the fourth member. I'm just throwing a name out there. But I'm just saying they need a definitive four to go up against their four. And I because I know like, yeah, like I said, the Nightmare Factory just seems disjointed. And I just think they could more to define who's in the group. No, I'm I'm a hundred percent on that side as well, yeah. and I think I think that's what keeps the fans from interacting with it too. Yeah, it's it's simply like that. Like I said, like the 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 members of the Nightmare Family that people care about are Dustin, Cody, Arn, and then maybe Lee Johnson. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Because the Nightmare Factory should tech, I mean, win every time because they got like ninety two members. <laughs> so I was like, they should but, literally. But Cody never comes to help out his friends when they're beat up unless he shows up in a bus. Yes, and his friends really never come up to help him either. I've gotten pissed about that a many it's times. Like the worst, it's the most dysfunctional. There must be like, like when Cody does his fucking reality show with Brandy, I better see like Nightmare Family members just screaming at each other. Like, fine, I won't show up next week. I won't help your ass. And then like, that's why they don't show up. Because yeah. I have nothing else to go off of yeah because the faction is it's it's the worst faction in aew <laughs> i i have to say it it sucks because i'm See, not we were, we were kind of on team taz being the worst faction it seems like we flipped over to the yeah, no it's like at least team taz comes out and has each other's back yeah, which is the roles which is the point of the faction you are in a gang so you never get double teamed and DDP's yeah. also technically part of the Nightmare family. We never see him. Yeah, I, I, I think after that whole thing, I think they've kind of, I mean, they work with them, but after that whole thing where that guy got all mad about the, you know, that guy that kind of worked for someone close to AEW was all like, oh, man, it's a horrible environment. I think feel like they've separated themselves kind of. I don't know. Like I said, again, this is a this is a fan podcast. This is no insider information. This is completely me speculating. I want that to make that clear. We know we we know less than most. (laughs) Yes, yeah. I just want to be clear because you know somebody out there might have insiders. I'm just speculating. Exactly. (laughs) After this, though, we had the inner circle doing their victory lap over winning the stadium stampede match against the Pinnacle at Double or Nothing. Sammy Guevara got a great reception, uh, saying. It was a night he'd never forget. He was glad he got to hit the 640 on uh, Sean Spears, and he's glad that he was the the winning force to be able to keep his brothers together. Santana basically made sure, um, hey, look, we still got to pass these fools in the hallway, so it ain't going to be over. Him and FTR need to make sure they keep an eye out because y'all are still trying to take food out of our family's mouth, so this this ain't over. Jake Hager still calls, calls out Wardlow. 
also challenging him to an MMA cage fight on Dynamite in two weeks. So since Hager's never lost in MMA, he wants Wardlow to face him in the cage. So I don't know what that'll be, uh, considering it's still on a wrestling show. I don't know if it'll be a shoot. I don't know what it'll be. But regardless, Jericho also said MJF still pisses him off. They still got unfinished business because you tried to end my career and possibly my life when you shoved me off that cage at Blood and Guts. So it's not going to be enough because when I beat you up at Stadium Stampede, it still wasn't enough. Until I can ruin your career and your life the way you tried to ruin mine, it will not be over. I thought he possibly teased a possible lights out match between the two because he did say lights out. However, he said the pinnacle... This ain't over because the reason is Inner Circle never forgives and never forgets. I thought the Inner Circle uh, forgave uh, what uh, Mike Tyson did, and they amended that. But regardless, they never forget. That's true. But I thought I, I, I thought Santana was pretty a pretty like really good. He carried the promo for the group. I thought he did an amazing job. Uh, he stumbled a couple times, but I still think the promo was silent. So, and somebody pointed it out. I did not notice this before, but somebody I was like listening to pointed it out. If you look at Chris Jericho looking at Santana doing that thing, it was like a proud papa. It's like, oh, you got this if I ever can't do this. If I'm ever away, Santana could carry the mantle as the de facto leader of it because he can carry a promo. I also feel like you're about to see an uptick in the tag team division. I think you're going to see Santana Ortiz, who got new music, uh, go to Mikey Ruckus's uh, Twitter to uh, listen to it. But uh, Santana Ortiz got new, uh, new music, and I just think you're going to see them FTR, you see Pac and Penta, and I think you're about to start seeing more tag teams go after the Young Bucks because I believe it. The, in the Young Bucks rivalry, they have really been doing a lot of matches with younger uh, tag teams like the Varsity Blondes. Uh, I forgot uh, the acclaimed, uh, and then they went into the makeshift tag team of Moxley and Kingston. I think it's time for the, you know, that top tier to me, the top tier of the tag team wrestling division in AW is the young bucks, FTR, uh, proud and powerful and, uh, the Lucha bros when they're together, I think, or me, even you can even throw best friends in there. It just depends. But I think you're going to start seeing a more, of the more established tag teams go after the tag team titles. Yeah, I think I would I would agree with that as well. Um, and then after this, we had a very short promo with Kenny Omega and Don Callis where they were talking about there's a conspiracy uh, surra- surrounding this con job of trying to screw Kenny Omega out of the AEW world title. Honestly, didn't really get exactly what this what the purpose was of this. I mean, like, you guys won the match. Like, where was the screw job? I, don't, uh, I didn't even... You know, it's all about that. It's that thing called heat. I think it's just trying to build up the heat. And it's like, if this was anyone of lesser power, I would be like, yeah, it's not going to work. But Don Callis is so... he's so hated. He's so hated. He's as good at talking as Kenny Omega is at wrestling. So... Absolutely. He's going to make this work. He's going to make you hate him. And it's just going to... You're going to be like... Oh, I know, I know I'm supposed to hate him, but, you know, I'm not. But it's like one of those, like I say, when I watch Don Callis, it's like I boo him because, you know, that's the reaction he can expect. 
But in my heart, I am smiling so big because to see someone do something that they're truly great at, great at is special. Yeah, absolutely. After this, though, we had the tag team match between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage versus Private Party. And this, I honestly thought, um, besides the main event, I think this might have been one of my favorite matches on the show. Just because I loved the little interactions that took place during the match. Uh, especially uh, Private Party healing it up, doing the five-second pose mocking edge and christian i thought was lovely and then doing it while they were holding on to christian while he's like kind of he's loopy and he's not all there and then he quickly reverses it and nails them both down and goes for the tag for 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 jungle boy that was great jungle boy's so over still like even this crowd gave a lot of support to jungle boy matt hardy getting involved in distracting the referee being himself and then christian eyeing him up still knowing that like Listen, the Hardys and and, and E&C, they have history that will never go away. And even if Christian's by himself, that history's not going away. And when uh, the AEW, when when, uh, Private Party goes for Gin and Juice, and then Christian Cage gets a great spear on Isaiah Cassidy, and then the snare trap is put on Mark Quinn getting the tap-out victory, that was great. But then leading into the fact that we have another feud to buy Christian some time before he eventually gets a shot at the AEW title because there's a few people that are going after it now. He's going to be going after Matt Hardy because Matt Hardy blindsides him with a twist of fate, and we're going to get a continuation of this feud of Hardys versus E&C. Man, TLC, TLC, we all know what these guys have done. Like, it's it ain't no question that these guys have history. So, I mean, this is just this just makes sense in the world, honestly. It's just you get classic, uh, old school, like people who tune in and they – don't know much about AEW. If they were, if they watched, uh, if they watched WWE in the '90s, they know these two. That's for sure. I and anyone to me that says, "Hey, why are they doing Christian versus Matt Hardy?" Uh, because it's good. I mean, they can work together. Christian, they're going to work to similar speeds. The thing about Christian is, if you noticed, if you noticed, they're doing something. They are. This company is trying to be different than old TNA and I loved old TNA and I didn't mind it when they were doing it back then but you see that they are distinctly trying to be different they brought Christian in he hasn't got a title shot yet they are making him earn everything that he's part he's a part of a he's like he started in kind of the mid card lower mid card He's kind of up a little bit more in the mid card now with Matt Hardy, and he's going to work his way up. And when they build to that match, if they build to that match with him and Kenny Omega, it's going to mean something. It's not going to be somebody that just came in like 10 seconds ago. It's going to be somebody that came in, got wins, earned it, was a part of the company, helped the younger guys get better. Then you're going to get the Kenny Omega Christian match. I just, I, I just like, I, you know, it's so funny that people are kind of impatient, but it's like, man, let them tell a story. They'll just like, it's always, yeah, yeah. Again, it's, we, we've talked about this before. It's like, we're not used, wrestling fans today aren't used to long term storytelling because, I mean, like, the other company has made it harder for us to enjoy such a thing because we don't get it too often. Yeah, Christian but, still hasn't been pinned. You know what I mean? He has. Yeah, he still hasn't been pinned. Yeah, and again, he's he's using this point in his career too. Like he's going to get a shot at the AEW title. There's no question that's going to be the case. But while we're waiting for that to happen, him sharing the ring with Jungle Boy 
and Jungle Boy getting that rub by eliminating him to win the Casino Battle Royal, and then Ed, Christian coming into the ring and just being like, "You use this moment," and then fucking like them giving an, him giving a like really emphatic hug to him, being like, "This is your moment." Like the crowd fucking love that. That's the kind of shit that like like more veteran wrestlers like you need to still give back to the business like that's that's so important during that time period because that's when it's so much more effective when you've already established established yourself as one of the greats and i think christian's doing the right thing with that and he will get a title shot there's nothing disputing that whatsoever it will happen because he deserves it and he's showing that he deserves it by putting over people like jungle boy all right, I, I completely agree. But uh, yeah, what what was next on the show? I forgot. Next was Sting and Darby Allen getting interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Sting celebrating the fact that like, man, that night at Double or Nothing was one I won't forget. It's like the the energy the crowd gave him, him being able to actually wrestle in a ring, not a cinematic match, an actual wrestling match. I mean, it's he says it stands up with anything I've ever done in this business. And then Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page interrupts Scorpio, clapping for him very slowly, basically saying, uh, hey, Sting, uh, you know what? Yeah, you got one over on us, but you've been carrying Darby's bum ass his entire AEW career. So Scorpio said, Darby, you got to go find somebody else besides Sting, and let's see if you can prove us wrong, if you can actually win without Sting. And there you go, just been putting out a challenge for Darby. Win without your boy Sting. Win without your face paint, brother. Uh, if you can actually get one over. Genius, because this is genius, because this is gonna add someone else to the feud to help get them over, and it takes Sting out. They just like, hey, they just kind of admitted, hey, we can't beat Sting. Yeah. So are you, gonna, yeah. are you truly gonna fuck with Sting? No. No. Well, no. We'll fuck with Darby. Yes, and I just thought that was genius because now you have a reason for Sting not to wrestle. Exactly. It makes uh, total sense. Yeah. We go into another quick segment with uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, celebrating her championship, becoming the brand new AEW Women's Champion, knocking off Hikaru Shida at Double or Nothing, knocking off the longest reigning champion in AEW history. And there she shows up with Rebel, and Tony Schiavone's there. And earlier in the show, too, for the Inner Circle celebration, Jericho had everyone look underneath their seats, and they all had... uh, inner circle winning stadium stampede t-shirts that they were all getting for free i don't know what all the sizes were so if anybody got the wrong size i apologize i'm i'm assuming they're all like mediums or larges so that way they fit at least some people but i mean like you yeah might, you might have traded some shirts if they you, fit, uh, yeah. usually like so when i went to oklahoma city thunder every playoff game they would give away sh- uh shirts they would all be largest but you could go to the uh, stand and they had a certain amount of each shirt that you could trade it for. That's what I assumed. That's what I assumed. Well, Britt Baker, DMD, Dr. Britt Baker, she had her own situation where she had burgers. And she's like, I got coupons for everybody. Look underneath their seats. Everyone looks. Ain't nothing there. It's like, yeah, you don't get nothing. Which I get. That's a good spot. Why the fuck were there burgers? Like, you're a doctor. Doesn't that let me, burgers bad for your teeth? Uh, let me tell you. So let me give you all a little color for the people that don't pay attention to Twitter 24-7 a day. Uh, there was like a little war on Twitter between fast food restaurants. And Britt Baker says she prefers Big Macs from McDonald's. McDonald's rewarded her 1,500 free Big Macs for winning the world title. Uh, 
AEW doesn't have an endorsement deal with McDonald's. So instead of Britt Baker cutting the promo and explaining that they are Big Macs from McDonald's, she had to just call them burgers. All right. Yeah, from a restaurant. And it was very generic, and it didn't carry weight, and it didn't land. I'm like, I know you don't want to get rid of any of your sponsors, but the last time I checked, there's not really... Like, I even went back and kind of fast-forwarded through. I didn't really see fast food restaurants in the AEW, like, things. I feel like you could have just said Big Macs and McDonald's. And so people would give a fuck what you were talking about. Because this whole segment was a dud. Yeah, and then, like, what happened was then all during this, when when Britt Baker goes to share some burgers, some Big Macs with Tony Schiavone and Rebel... Nyla Rose knocks them out of her hands and then just pops party balloons and then leaves and kind of was not much leading into this, honestly. Like, what? It was, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I, 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 I don't want to say, like, people aren't excited for Nyla Rose to face off against uh, Britt Baker. I don't think that's the case because she's a former women's champion and she's proven to be good. Um, I do think it's still weird with the dichotomy for Britt Baker because, I mean, Nyla's a heel and the way that it's being presented... Britt Baker's still a heel, so are we getting a heel versus heel match for the women's title in her first feud? Honestly, I think that, like, while Nyla should have a shot to go for the women's title, I think one, this segment wasn't presented too well, and two, I think this might not be the perfect first match or first feud for Britt Baker to have with her AEW Women's Championship that she just won. I think you could have gone with somebody else. This could have been, I I truly think this could have been, like, an all-time great segment. And, you know, not not everything you do is going to be a home run. That's what I'll just say. I just think the crowd, love Rick Baker, was so excited uh, for her winning. I think she should have came out as the conquering hero, made it look like she was, like, on their side and kind of went hill at the end. And maybe yeah. Nyla Rose come out and challenge her or something. But the way it looked, it just felt so flat and disjointed. And yeah, yeah I just, it could have yeah, just... been so much better, honestly. And while it's cool that she got the, the Big Mac uh, stuff from McDonald's, I don't think you needed to weave that into her celebration. Though. If you I were going like to do it, at least six McDonald's Big Macs. I'm going to give y'all some coupons <sighs> for Big Macs. And then not give them the coupons. And then it yeah. would have been like, oh, okay. And but so it's just like I got burgers. You want burgers? Yeah, it you was. Don't get burgers. Even the words were. It was the words came off just as generic as the promo came off. And they're like, and it's somebody that has been so great. Like she has been like so great these last few months. It wasn't the championship promo that it needed to be. No, it it, it definitely took us down a little bit with uh, how hype we were for her becoming women's champion. Just a smidge. I don't think it's going to ruin her run. Like it's literally the day, a- the 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 week after. So, and, and I still don't understand. I still don't understand how fans mistime DMD. It's she she points her fingers. Yes, I, I don't understand it. Just follow the finger. Okay, I'm done. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Regardless, we had another short little promo. Um, uh, the best man, Miro. Uh had a challenger for his TNT championship and uh, it was going to be uh, Johnny Hungy uh, but 
wasn't to be because he's still uh, not cleared for action. So John Silver passed it over to Evil Uno, who will be challenging for the TNT title. And Miro had a little response that was all right, basically just building up to that match. But I, I, I love his the dig about Lana, how super hot wife, because yeah, you know he, he's trying to get her a job. Of course, I, I mean I would do the same thing if I was him. Second of all, uh, second of all, the fact is, you know. He says everything very aggressive and it's good, but he had this comment where he was like, don't come in if you think you can beat me. Only come in if you know you can beat me. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and it was kind of pre-taped, I think. So I'm like, man, y'all should have shot that again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you should have used another take because it was good. It was good. It, it was like, I love his energy. I mean, he has the other than like him and Lance Archer, they have badass energy, like going for miles and days. And this is the mural I wanted. It was just like, if you're going to kind of do a pre-tape, you know, get the pre-tape right. Yeah, very true. But we can get into the main event match, the first ever bull rope match in AEW history. Nick Camarado with Aaron Solo following him on his side of the factory versus the natural Dustin Rhodes. So I feel like if people were feeling a little bit low on the show, it's because we got two matches from the same feud of the Nightmare Family and the Nightmare Factory on the same show. But regardless, this bull rope match I think was a lot of fun. The table spot especially I thought was great. Uh, Nick Camarado just slamming Dustin through that table was great. Um, he got busted open really quickly too um, in the match. Um, they really tried to show off Nick Camarado being super strong. He kicked out at one eventually at one point uh, when he got knocked down uh, by the uh, by the bull, by the uh, by the by the bell. Uh, but eventually, it was uh, his buddy Aaron Solo who kind of screwed him over. He tried to get the uh, the ring post uh, open, expose the turnbuckle. Uh, that ended up backfiring as uh, Dustin was able to hit. Uh, Camarado's head into the steel uh, into the steel turnbuckle, then quickly hit that bull diving bulldog to win the match. It was a good. I think it was a good, all right, uh, closing match for the show. Uh, this it's 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 a bull rope match, so it's a lot more like a lot more modern fans. I think aren't like, really this main into matches like that. This main event told you what they thought about the show. It was eh. yeah, it was all right. It, it was like this is sometimes. You just and need I a show. Sometimes you just need a show to get to the next show. This was a show to get to the next I, show. I think truly <laughs> that just because this was the second match between the Factory versus the Nightmare Family that we got on the same show, I think that's why it felt a lot less more impactful because we it's again, it's the same feud just in a different match on the same show. Like if you're doing a pay-per-view, that makes sense if that's the case, but it was a dynamite, so it was kind of like Eh, but I think it was a it was a good match. Um, not, I've never really paid much attention to bull rope matches, but they had a real, lot of really good spots in this. Camarado, I think, is freaking huge, and I think he can do a lot of great stuff. Dustin's always great, but this was good, I think. And for the show overall, as a as a follow up show to double double or nothing, I don't think it necessarily did the best. But also because Dynamite's continuing to do shows on Friday night, and also soon to be Saturday night in two weeks. Or, or th was it three weeks? It's two I'm weeks. Pretty sure the 26th, yeah. The 26th, yes. The, it's going to be on Saturday. 
Honestly, the NBA playoffs are just kind of messing with stuff with dynamite. And I mean, and this is why happen, this is why they're moving to TBS. I mean, this is that's why they're moving to TBS <laughs> so they don't have dynamite conflicting with this stuff. But regardless, when they get back to Wednesday nights, like if people are concerned about the numbers, the numbers will go back up. And two, like th- then we won't have to worry about the NBA playoffs interfering with this stuff. But I think it was a fine enough show. I think I think it had some really good moments. The opening match was great, and but I don't think following up double or nothing i don't think it necessarily like continued the hype coming off of double or nothing i think it was just a good dynamite that you would normally see like in between pay-per-views but it just happened to be immediately after double or nothing so- a solid c plus show you know it was a solid c plus i think Colorado should have won personally I, I yeah. feel like they've been building him up for him as a monster for about a month. They, like this impenetrable, can't be hurt monster. And his first boot match, he loses to Dustin. And then, like, you don't even lose to the leader of the Nightmare Factory. You lose to Dustin. No I mean, problem. It is his match type, though. I, I know. I, I, I know. And if he would have, like, 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 tied his legs up and it was like he wasn't really beat, but he was just down. But I know he tried to do it, but he didn't come off well. It, it came off like he just beat him. You know what I mean? And it was just like, sure. I think it should have been more fluky. You know, more fluky in how he beat Camarado. Because Camarado, I think, is a monster. I, I think he has it. I think he has that monster appeal about him. Uh, he's so big and he's so rough. And I just think you could go somewhere with this. I'm not saying he's ever going to be a champion or anything. But he could be like... Hey, when the someone gets pissed off, they make you fight Nick Camarado. You know, that kind of thing. He could be the real muscle for the group. And I just thought, you know, he lost to Dustin. And it's just like, I, I no disrespect towards Dustin Rhodes. It's just, I don't think the win would have hurt, you know, Dustin. I, Dustin's at this point in his career that he can pretty much lose to anybody and it not hurt him because he's a legend. So why not put Camarado over here? Sure. That's That's how I see it. Uh, I would, you know, like, you know, even if it was Cody, you know, I'm like, eh, you're kind of building him as a powerhouse. He needs some powerhouse wins and a main event win against Dusted that makes the factory more of a threat and more, you know, and it, you know, like right now they got the cheating win over Cody and they're like, Camarado just like beats the hell out of Dustin with the bell, you know, that adds a lot to the feud. But, again, this is going to lead to some kind of big announcement this week. We'll talk about it in a minute. And I'm looking forward to where this goes. But if anybody thinks this is anything other than a mid-card feud, uh, you're, like, overblowing it. Because that's what this is. All right. Well, that's our Dynamite coverage. We can now get into our Dynamite preview for next week. Next week's Friday Night Dynamite. We have... Layla Hirsch taking on Nyla Rose. This will be Nyla's first match on Dynamite in quite some time, I feel like. We will be hearing from the Pinnacle uh, regarding what the Inner Circle said. Christian Cage will be competing in singles competition against Angelico. We will get Lance Archer in action. Hangman Adam Page was told to find somebody by Team Taz to team up with from the from the Dark Order to face off against Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs. He picked 10, so we're going to get Hang 10 Versus Brian Cage and Powerhouse. That was that was my name. I called him. I, Hank. I was gonna say Floyd. If that's your name, I want you to like tweet at Hangman. Yes. 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 They are Hang Ten. 
fucking good. Uh, we're going to get the TNT Championship match between Evil Uno of the Dark Order versus Miro. Cody's going to be making a special match announcement, and the Young Bucks will be competing in six-man competition with Brandon Cutler teaming them, their young boy, versus Pac, Penta, and Eddie Kingston. Um, I'm looking forward to Cody's announcement. I'm thinking it's going to be some sort of team type thing, four on four elimination match with the Nightmare Factory and you know Nightmare Family and the Factory. Um, Lance Archer, I love that he's on TV. This is probably the earliest appearance after a loss at a pay per view he's ever made. He usually is gone for three weeks after he loses that pay per view. So I like that they're bringing him back in. The Pinnacle. Uh, I'm looking forward to what MJF has to say. I feel like this is going to end in a summer, like, four-on-four, five-on-five match somehow. Maybe they do all the matches in one night and maybe the best of five. You know what I mean? I don't know what they're going to do, but I just feel like it's going to end with something that AEW is going to be kind of exclusively AEW, and it's probably going to be the loser has to break up. That's how I, 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 I believe that's where it's going to be. It's just like, oh, the, we, we can't exist, so the loser has to break up. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, the, pinnacle and, uh, the Pinnacle and Inner Circle has been so good, but it's now time to get, over the next few weeks, the individual matches. We need Proud and Powerful versus FTR. We need Sammy Guevara versus Spears match. We need a Jericho versus MJF match. Which, of course, eventually should lead to, you know, uh, you know, because the star looks like they're trying to make it Sammy. It's got to lead to a Sammy versus MJF match eventually. But I think they need to line up all the groups and use this to make matches over the next few weeks. Because I think they can add the Dynamite. Give them a little time, a nice little blood feud to get us through the summer. All right. Well, we'll go into a little bit of extra news uh, before we wrap up the show. First off, we want to say happy birthday to AEW women's superstar Tay Conti. She celebrated her birthday. Today, um, June 9th. It's actually yeah. today, the day we're recording. Yep. And then we have one other piece of news, which I'll pass off to Floyd for this one. Okay. Is this Leo Rush? This is Leo Rush. Leo Rush. Leo Rush. Feel the rush. Rush. Whatever. He retired again. Uh, he's 26, and he retired for the second time. Apparently at the Double or Nothing Battle Royal, uh, the Casino Battle Royal, he t uh, separated his AC joint, which is in the shoulder, and he says he was getting around a lot of playing. It looks like it's not that it won't heal. AEW offered him a contract even though he got hurt and said they were willing to work, but it's just like the rehab and trying to come back, he just... Doesn't seem like his heart is into it anymore. He does have a contract with New Japan, so he has to heal up and do a few more matches. But he is saying, for now, to me, for now, uh, this is me saying for now, that he is effectively retired. But uh, I wish him a definitely a speedy recovery. I, I am one of those people, I will tell you, I'm not holding you to your retirement announcement. I am uh, nicer than that. Um, just, you know... Do what's best for you, but, you know, whenever you decide, it's like it's getting into a way of another wrestler. I'm not going to take this chance to throw that wrestler under the bus, so I won't say their name. But it's just at some point you just like some people are going to stop offering you contracts. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. It's just like you got to be able to count on him. With him, at least he didn't sign the contract. The big thing with him is he just said, hey, thank you for the offer. I would have loved working for you. You gave me a memorable time. I'm just not going to sign the contract. And I can't hate on anybody for doing that. I think if you do sign the contract, you should, you know, finish it. But if you didn't sign a contract, there was no promises obligated. It was just kind of a shake hand deal. Like, okay, cool. You didn't. I don't truly think AEW's missing out on anything personally. But I do, as the man, Leo Rush, Lionel Green, I hope he finds, uh, gets healed up and finds what makes him happy. Absolutely, that's because that's that's what every every wrestler should hope for. Uh, past wrestling, just find something, uh, find something that makes you happy. And I know he talked about his uh, his family and his kids on his Instagram post. So if that's what makes him happy, do what makes you happy. That's yeah, really yeah, all that matters. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna follow man. You don't want to wrestle, don't wrestle. I I'm never going to be like, well, you should just do this because I want you to do it. No, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But just be sure you don't want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. But regardless, that will be the end of this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate the listens. If you guys want to continue to support this final, this fine show, listen to us on Google or Apple Podcasts. However you listen to us, give us a share with whoever you wish. It really means the world to us. Leave a rating and review. You can also leave a donation through Red Circle. That means the world to us if you do such a thing. On Twitter... We are at AT Elite Pod. At Social Suplex is our podcast network that makes this show possible. Be sure to check out all of Social Suplex's other shows that they have on their network. I myself am at SZoomer4 on Twitter. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And with everything wrapped up, I'm going to let the soon to be birthday boy. Happy birthday to my brother Floyd. Really appreciate being able to do this show with you. But I'm going to let him take over and take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. Hey, so yeah, I turned 40. Uh, this has been a glorious 40 years. If you've ever taken a moment to listen to the show, uh, I will take that as my birthday gift. Uh, I just like really enjoy talking about wrestling. So it's like every time, every time we record, it's like a birthday. But yeah, I've made it 40 years. It's good. Uh, unfortunately, I've left a lot of people that didn't make it that long. So I... I I appreciate every moment, every second, every day of my life. Shout out to my wife, Crystal, the love of my life. Just glad that she's here uh, and, and you know, glad that she's here with me. Well, no one else I'd rather be with. And shout out to all my friends and family. I just uh, I just like, yeah, if you listen to the show every week, I consider you a part of my friends because listening to me talking about wrestling for an hour with Austin trying to rein me in, you know, it, it, you know, I, I definitely appreciate that. So uh, I will leave you with the same thing I leave you with uh, every week, whether it's home work or school always do your best to be elite bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.